0: Welcome to this episode of Cafe Ribbit. I interview my good friend and musician, Sam Mullaney. We knew each other from college at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. I made an interviewing mistake at the outset and throughout this interview of assuming too much about how Sam defines himself as a musician. I immediately labeled him as an ambient musician because that is a word he often used to describe uh, his music in college, but he's no longer partial to it for reasons you'll hear further in the interview. But we got through it and had fun. Sam is a really thoughtful guy and he takes his time to answer my questions, which was refreshing because As an interviewer, I often feel like I have to fill a lot of empty space immediately in order to avoid those awkward moments. But after this interview with Sam and a recent visit to me in Philadelphia, um, there was a lot of empty space in our conversation. And it was refreshing because you realize your answers can be more considerate. Um, And that you don't need to be performing as a quick thinker all the time, especially around friends. Thank you for pressing play, and I hope you enjoy. You're someone... Uh, that knows a lot about ambient music, and I know almost nothing. So I thought we could try to create a definition of ambient music together. And we each say two words alternating till we make a sentence, and then you have to be the one that ends with a period. Okay, I'm not, I'm not an expert either. So, but... but you do make ambient and electronic music okay (laughs) okay i'll start ambient music is two words
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay uh
0: ambient music is oh wait sorry i did three (laughs) wait (laughs) ambient music is not pop music but it <laughs> uh, okay but it but it has lots of possible textures and
1: abilities to
0: Ground the
1: listener in
0: ecstasy. Period. (laughs) (laughs) I took the period. Okay, so our definition is ambient music is not pop music, but it has lots of textures and abilities to ground. People in ecstasy. The, the listener
1: in ecstasy.
0: Ground the listener in ecstasy. Okay, I, what do you think of that definition, Sam?
2: <laughs> do not quote me on that. <laughs>
0: um, uh, I will give you a compliment that's close to that. When you sent me your music. I was listening it, to it this past weekend when I was visiting a friend in Baltimore and I was walking around her uh, apartment complex and those uh, purple little flowers were blooming from the ground that always come out in spring. Yeah, was I think it? they're called crocuses. Oh, okay. And I was listening to Panfilla, one of your musical names. And it sort of felt like I was listening to Earth's underground music. That's awesome. <laughs> and I just had a funny like play on words of, like this is underground music, but it really seemed like uh, the vibrations underground somehow.
1: Well, one of my favorite flowers is like those purple uh, called like grape hyacinth okay they're like they're really little and they look like bunches of grapes really low to the ground and the color purple just in general has has a lot of meaning to me in ways that are hard i'm not going to try to like get into and i never thought that i was like the kind of person that is like this color is is like special to me or something but uh it's just funny you mentioned that
0: but yeah that is cool a backup definition i had uh that i stole from one of your band camps for ambient music is a slow accumulation of details Oh, uh, yeah. is that what you titled it
1: yeah that's after i didn't write that phrase that's a Laurie anderson lyric or lyric yeah
0: lyric. oh okay um do you see what i mean though i mean obviously you used it but it does feel like on that walk i took the ambient music is more texturing my experience rather than like scoring it like a pop song
1: or content it's more about context i guess
0: does it feel like a slow accumulation of details is how you're building songs I don't, I can't really picture the process of uh, making an ambient song on your computer or whatever equipment you have. Like, what would you typically start out with?
1: It's like just combining and like discovery in the moment of making. Yeah. So.
0: Of layering certain sounds. Yeah. And being
1: surprised by something and then the direction like forms as you go if that makes sense
0: yeah totally when i used to make a lot of videos it was fun when you just even more specifically when i used to make skateboard videos in middle school and high school it was fun when you just imported all of your clips from your camera into the computer and just haphazardly dragged them into iMovie and like put it to a song and magically certain things would butt up against each other really well, or at least interesting and sometimes in time with the music and yeah, you can just go from there.
1: Yeah, that actually, I feel like maybe we talked about that one time. Me and my brother kind of did that a lot when we were little uh, or just growing up. And just watching skate videos and like the timing with the sound, and the music is such a big part of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that had to have had like an impact on <laughs> editing and a narrative that isn't just, uh, it doesn't really have any like concrete meaning, but it's it's just a flow that makes sense and that kind of
0: like intuitive To go on this a little more, do you remember like a period of really good flow you had in the past year making music? So like, and I'm curious about the environmental conditions. Like where were you? What was your mental state leading up to it? Were you with anybody?
1: I don't know. Just in the front of my mind is like, last week i know it's probably not like um uh, i don't know i was just i've been at my appearance and like unemployed so i have a lot of time to Like. Um.
0: what was that word unemployed <laughs> unemployed yeah we can put it
1: in the notes for people that don't know what that is but um my friend, who I who is the one from Kansas City, sent me something to, like, add on to,
0: and I had been, You said like, to cut on to?
1: To just add on to. Oh, like okay. to, And I've been playing this, like, sizable, like, electric keyboard more, because... It's just nice because that lives at my parents and I don't get the chance to like play like a whatever eight octave or whatever it is like. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of started from there like fiddling around. But it's like a huge challenge for me because I don't know how to like write music. Like I figure out like a basic melody that I want to I want to like elaborate on through like Different repetitions, but I have to keep it all in my head. So I just kept going back to the, it like every day and trying to like make sure I remembered it and like recording on my phone and recording through direct audio and then like ordering something so that I could like use MIDI, which is just like recording the notes in your computer. Mm. But yeah, that was a good. Time because it felt a little bit more real than just flipping through my projects on my computer and dragging around audio. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I guess to answer your question about the conditions, I guess the main difference there was that it was like a collaboration and it started from something that was more or less fleshed out
0: from this friend in kansas city yeah
1: and i didn't want to like change it that much i just wanted to like add a little bit on top so there's like less pressure in a way because i could send him whatever and he can he can make sure it (laughs) it like sounds
0: nice in the end you know and like put that trust there yeah totally i'm curious if being at your parents house was also partly contributing to the flow and it leads into another question which is can you recall a moment or even a specific machine at your parents house that developed your taste for electronic sounds because you grew up in What I would call really rural Virginia. Um, I remember a big yard and a really gnarly looking tree. (laughs) And I could just feel like a thunderstorm brewing. (laughs) But yeah, it's fun that you make electronic music now, but you grew up in the country. So like, was there a specific moment or machine where you were like, I
1: mean, yeah in a really like literal way like I won't try to answer that creatively because there was just a emac computer which is the ones that have like the big rounded shape to them that was like nobody needed anymore so I just moved it into my bedroom when I was like I don't know like maybe like 11 or something (laughs) And it had this program called Sound Studio, which was oh, wow. super simple, like just one single track of audio was the entire interface.
0: Oh my and, gosh, that's awesome. And you
1: can like you couldn't really layer anything, so it was just like you could copy and paste things from other songs that I had just on my iTunes there Mm -hmm. so I think I have like a few of those files that are just like totally unhinged like (laughs) (laughs) like every second is like like a snare from like a Led Zeppelin song with like with like (laughs) some, like, looping melody from, I don't even know why, like, background. (laughs) And with, like, basic, like, flange effects. And I don't know, it was just, I, I would just spend hours on it.
0: If you're enjoying Cafe Ribbit and want to receive the updates of new podcast episodes and food recipes, you can go to caferibbit.com and sign up for the email newsletter. Another way to help the show and give me some self-esteem is to go to Apple Podcasts and give the show a written review, or just press a certain number of stars. I've seen that you, I mean, I know that you perform live because we went to college together, but I haven't seen you do that in a long time, but I found a video of you on YouTube performing in Asheville. Um, oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe you find that embarrassing or something. I don't know why you laughed. Uh,
1: oh, no, it's just, it's funny. It's a whole pocket of time.
0: Oh, Yeah but I wish I could have seen the audience because it was just focused on you with your setup. And it made me wonder when you're improvising, playing ambient slash electronic music, have you ever felt sort of like you put your audience under a spell or something? It's not like a head bobbing thing, I assume, but maybe some kind of ecstasy going back to our definition
1: (laughs) oh i need to know i need to like know more about the word ecstasy before i like (laughs) (laughs) speak on that (laughs) go with spell then i'm thinking okay yeah i mean usually i'm i'm too like blacked out to like (laughs) think about them in any or like just like too nervous to really like feel like a connection which is weird to think about because i think that's not like an uncommon thing for someone who performs and isn't like a born performer but it doesn't really matter for the audience because I know that I've definitely felt like if you want to like under a spell or, or just transported by performances and it doesn't really matter who is doing it sometimes. Mm. But I would say in terms of like feeling connected with, um, the audience that happens more, I think of like when I've DJed live,
2: oh, okay. and that's
1: more, that's, that is more like just making people dance and also making myself dance. So it's like, uh, everyone's in time, you know, like very present, whereas in ambient, it's kind of like everyone is in their own world having, having their own experience or whatever that's interesting that's my basic like take on
0: (laughs) on like one difference i guess between ambient and other music
1: yeah but but i don't like to think in terms of ambient music and uh or just using that term for some reason
0: oh okay i'm dated because We were together in college, so that's what I remember you using back then.
1: Okay, yeah, it is, like, I don't know, it's useful. Like, it's kind of one of those things where, like, you have to have a word for something eventually, so.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, could you speak to how you combine uh, your DJ approach with, I don't know what you want to call it now. I'll still just say ambient music because it is fun when I'm listening to something pretty relaxing and I do feel like I'm under Sam's spell and then all of a sudden (laughs) there's something like very hip-hop that blurts out. And it also seems like in your curation projects, people enjoy doing that too. Um,
1: Just that word
0: combining
1: is is like a central part of music to me yeah and obviously that's like the thing about djing it's building something out of many different things but describing it like that i'm just now like drawing the connection that ties into my other music the panphilia stuff which When I named that project, it was kind of like naming it something that also defines like the way that I think about music or what I value in like making music, which is basically what it means is like pan, which is all, and then philia, which is love or accepting. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I guess combining and accepting different types of sounds.
0: Totally. Was going to Richmond, Virginia for college part of that exposure to a lot of different new music or sounds coming from, is it Culpeper?
1: Rappahannock.
0: Rappahannock. I mean, of course you had the internet. Well, you did have the internet, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> in a in a like Yeah, with limitations on
0: on like speed or whatever. Uh-huh. But you have the internet and obviously probably look deeply into music maybe more than um other kids, but can you share like a story of uh arriving in richmond for college or like halfway into your college experience and like being exposed to something new that influenced this sound that you were going for of including a lot of things together
1: yeah that time of life was a time of being exposed to like so much and learning a lot when you initially started that question I actually thought like if I am to generalize the periods of my life and under that question of like deciding to incorporate and like accept more as part of a practice or whatever
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like the way that Richmond functions is like I think I had that realization when I was like, actually, I, I want to make stuff that isn't that is more like personal and has to do with or comes from like my upbringing or parts of my influences that aren't like I don't know, like cool <laughs> according to
0: Richmond punks
1: some standard of, <laughs> that I that I like began to like understand or whatever while i was like or since
0: being in richmond but i don't know mm. i don't
1: i don't really break it up like that
0: that's but... really fun to hear i did something similar where richmond felt pretty foreign to me even though i'm only four hours north in pennsylvania it's still felt much more southern than the philadelphia suburbs so yeah maybe we made work in college uh that evoked feelings of home or something not to like show that we were unique but just maybe to feel some comfort and like give a kind of tribute
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah i think with like just having some distance for the first time from something is you just naturally make sense of that in new ways or something through
0: making things make sense of the distance you mean
1: or making sense of like where you came from oh, okay. like like you know how in art school like it was such a cliche in like the first year for people to make stuff about home or something <laughs> <laughs> but I actually think that is like now that we're talking about it like this why wouldn't somebody do that I don't know if they just came from somewhere like
0: yeah it's processing yeah Uh. so your brother can I say his name <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'll say yeah. his name backwards Lou <laughs> Uh, he, <laughs> 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 uh, he also, okay, I'm going to throw out another uh, catch all. He makes noise music, <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is very popular in Richmond. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he makes these crazy machines. Uh, that you have to push or pull or turn mm. for them to kind of belch these crazy sounds. <laughs> um, and they can last a really long time. Like there was a video of you guys rotating this bar that was attached to a wooden box. Yeah. And the video was called like an organ performance because it yeah. does have a, a crank certain organ. crank organ And it does have that kind of echoing haunting effect of like an organ in a church. So yeah, I'm wondering, I feel like all my questions have been about influence so far, but what is it like to have a creative brother?
1: Oh, um, I mean, for a while there, when I was just just had like an iPod shuffle or something, he was the one that was doing all the downloading of music and stuff
0: ah, oh, yeah, and
1: and then he I think he was the one who like downloaded a cracked version of Ableton when I was like twelve or
2: something mm-hmm.
1: um, so but getting back to like, I don't, Can you hear that bell that just went off? Yeah.
0: I love it for okay. a music interview. <laughs> it's this <laughs> clock in this house that, that
1: I'm dog sitting at. It goes off like more than once an hour. So I don't
0: know what's. Okay. On, but wait. <clears throat> oh, yeah. oh, back ooh, okay, to. You
1: yeah. You asked about having a creative brother. Um, It's, yeah, we talk about, it's nice to have somebody to like bounce ideas off of, I guess. And the organ collaboration, that was another, like, I don't know, when I brought up the song that I was working on last week, Mm -hmm. I was just like thinking how I always forget about the benefits of collaborating with people. And the organ, um, I guess for context, like, yeah, he makes these crank organs synthesizer things and me and uh, three of us, well, we were kind of recorded an album, but over the course of a few performances and practices for them. And it was a really nice, like, side practice for me for a while because it felt zero pressure to get something right because we were all learning this object at the same time
2: and like mm. talking about it mm-hmm.
1: and kind of like unaware of how we were getting better at it, but it, we were somehow. Um because yeah. there was like an element of not being able to control it fully uh but the three people together each performer was like supporting each other p- person and we're figuring out just the best ways to go about like a longer term change in this in this drone music uh I'm doing a really terrible job of explaining No, this, I but... love
0: where it's going. Because it sounds like there's no real teacher among the three of you. Yeah, um, well, and you're obviously. All kind... Yeah. Yeah, you go.
1: Will Will definitely, my brother knew about or knows about just the workings of them. So that was like, <laughs> where I was just like, no, what, is, what do we do here? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like a good collaboration and because it wasn't it wasn't really going to be my music in the way that another collaboration could be like i was perfectly happy to like exist as a performer and then it would be whatever it is in the end and it there's just not a lot of control and just accepting that is a good feeling and takes the weight off of making something But
0: what were you going to say? Oh, um, well, I think you described that really well. And you're starting to lead into this topic, which I won't end on, because it might be a little harder to answer. But could you describe the kind of pressure you feel as a, a musician specific to where you are specific to your age maybe specific to your friend group um i know it's asking you to be vulnerable but Um, could you do that
1: i think maybe i feel what uh like what a lot of people feel which is just in, in i don't know about music but i'll start with just Just art in general, which is the pressure to have your thing and really clearly define it and, like, market it in a way, Mm -hmm. which involves being really visible all the time. Instagram being, like, the... Like only one of the only places for like exchanging kind of what everyone's working on or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it, it, the culture just kind of lends itself to needing to have something pinned down, which I always try to clear my head of and actively like resist that. By, to clearly define your artwork. Yeah, just just not thinking about that basically. Mm. Trying to get get to something that's more. I don't want to use the word authentic, but like, indifferent to, those pressures. And and it comes back to like, accepting, which is. I don't know. I I, I'm kind of like disillusioned by a lot of work now because it doesn't feel like it has any like personal attributes or like autobiography if that makes sense like I use that word in like in just thinking about this but I maybe there's a better word to get at what I'm saying but maybe people are afraid to like incorporate like elements of their own life explicitly because it's the one thing that's like you can't look to the outside and see that that has succeeded or something
0: well i i definitely feel the pressure you're describing on instagram and i'm barely even using it now but i've tried to make this I'm trying to define this freelance art business that I've started and I've gone as far as like deleting my old pictures because it doesn't fit my food illustration concept and I'll probably delete my food illustration pictures in the future (laughs) just like because now I'm a photographer. Like it is a lot of labeling in hopes that whoever you're trying to sell to in the future will be able to make sense of you. Yeah. And it is, it sucks like yeah. to think about well, yourself in that limiting way, but I kind of think guess, it's necessary for a business, but mm, it does yeah. suck.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's weird because Instagram, if talking about that, like so this bell is going off again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, I get to a point where I, I'm just so inspired by so many different things, and I want to make every type of music and have different project names for everything, and it feels like I want to split into, like, several different people to make that happen, and then that, at that point, I I say, wait, that's not <laughs> possible, and that's,
2: <laughs> that's like,
1: crazy, <laughs> like,
0: Okay, I have one question written down that I skipped over, but it was early in my list of questions. Why do you go by four different names? Sam M. (laughs) Panfilla, Cortapel, Cone Swatch.
1: (laughs) I think at at a certain point, I've just accepted that that, uh, having different names for me is not about like clearly defining different parts of me or something it's more like i'm just embracing it as like i am not one person kind of
2: mm. mhm
0: um okay so if we can end on two recommendations from you that'd be great So can you recommend just one of your songs for people to listen to to, as they say, wet their whistle and also (laughs) one song that's just stuck in your head right now?
1: Mm. Okay, well, I know the answer to the second one, but let me try to think of the first one. Uh, uh,
0: Can it be a mix? Like a 27-minute mix. Like an
1: hour-long <laughs> hour mix. <laughs> sure. Okay, the first one on my SoundCloud.
0: <laughs> okay, what what is the SoundCloud name and the song or mix name?
1: Panphilia. Oh, okay. And it's kind of like the last mix that I made. And after that, I decided to take a long break because i wanted to focus on making music but this was done for a friend from chicago actually oh okay and she has like a radio show and i made a mix
0: and yeah oh cool
1: so it's none of my music but it's the only uh admirable answer
0: to that question sure yeah and then a song stuck in your head?
1: Yeah. The song by Blue Gene Tyranny. Next time might be your time. It's just like incredibly catchy and uplifting. And I, I listened to it on the way to DC the other day and walking around DC and then just here and there.
0: Awesome well thank you sam yeah thank you for listening all the way through and thank you sam for coming on to the show if you have a friend who would enjoy this episode please send it to them all right bye bye